chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 33 through 37. Now, we're in the middle of, of the first section, or first third, of the Sermon on the Mount, all right? And so, remember, this is given, not broken down by chapter and verse, but it's given as a long sermon or a message, or as, as all of these folks are sitting down and as, as Christ is speaking to them right from his heart. So he's talked to us about our attitudes and through the Beatitudes, we've learned about that. And so now we moved into this section here where we've talked about in Scripture where we're dealing with tough sins. In other words, it's the things that break our relationship with God and then also break our relationship with each other. And so as we look at this, we're seeing that this, these things not only cause distress to us, they cause distress to God and they cause distress to those who are around us. And so we've looked at these sins and they're deep sins. There are sins like... Uh, dealing with life issues like murder, dealing with love issues like marriage, and, and then also dealing with commitment issues like divorce. And so a lot of us can sit here this morning and say, Tim, I've never had any of those. I've never done any of those. Those boundaries have never crossed in, in my life. Well, I'm going to tell you, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to cross your boundaries. Because there's no way, shape, form, or fashion that we're going to get done talking about these issues that Christ is talking about right here without coming in conflict ourselves. Because we've either coveted or we've judged, we've done all kinds of things that we're about to get to our particular impasse that we may deal with. So as we look at these, today we're talking about, um, we're talking about words. And so the scripture says this. It says, again, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is under the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black, but let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil. And so today we're talking about words, which is the true issue of communication. So we communicate to each other through words. And so that's a part of how we communicate. We communicate through body language and other things as well. But the main way that we communicate is through words. Now, they, they did a survey or, you know, 10, 12 years ago, some some lady did a deal and said that women speak about 20,000 words a day and men speak about 7,000 words a day. So in other words, women speak three times more than men. So there's a lot of listening on that part. Unless, unless you're Ann and you're married to Doug, that's probably the way it rolls for you. All right. <laughs> But, but so a lot of times men have communication issues, all this kind of stuff came out of that. Now they're coming back and they're kind of reversing that a little bit through what I've been able to read over the last few years and stuff and say that most individuals will speak about 16,000 words a day. So there's a lot of communicating that goes on in who we are. Sometimes it's just mumbling. Sometimes it's just pure thoughts that come out. Sometimes it's rambling which comes out. But in other words, words come out for us. And so well, the first thing I want us to do before we tackle into how we're going to live above and beyond this and what this scripture actually calls us to is I want us to talk about the issue of words because words have meaning. And a lot of times we don't realize what we say or even how we say it. And those make a lot of difference in people's lives. So the first thing that I want you to see is the source of words. The expression of, of who we are comes not only 
out of our mouth, but comes from someplace deeper. Jesus tells us this in Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 and 19. He's speaking to a group of religious people who are basically trying to, uh, excuse me, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. He's speaking to a group of religious people, and they're basically trying to trap him and things like this. And he says, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil... Speak what is good, for the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. So the first thing I want you to see is that our mouth speaks out of the overflow of our heart. So if we have something, a problem with what we say, it's generally because we have a problem where? We have a problem in our heart. So we have a heart issue and our mouth speaks out of the overflow of that. Or if you're president of the United States, you tweet out of the overflow of your heart. So it really doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is the way that we express these words when they come out, they're coming out from an inner being of us. Uh, and, and it's deeper than what just we verbalize. So when we say harmful things to people, there's a harmful part in our heart towards those people. And so we have to realize this, okay? So the mouth speaks out of the overflow of the heart. Then the second thing that I want you to see, which is Matthew 15, verses 18 and 19, it says, but these things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, there it is again, and those defile a man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murderous and adulterous things, fornications, thefts, false witness, and slanders. So look, when these things come out, they leave an impression on other folks. So our words have meaning. These expressions of who we are, uh, and when we think that we're just going to be who we want to be, and now I'm old. Look, there's a lot of people here in this group that are of the age to be able to what? Speak freely, right? And a lot of times we've earned the right to be heard, right? Because of how we've lived and, and how long we've lived. We still need to be careful about what we say because those words have meaning. And those words, when they mean things to us, they can affect other people. And they can affect them for a long time. How many of you have broken relationships because of something that someone said to you? All right? Somebody said something to you over the course of time, and now we don't speak to them because of what they said. How many times have we thought about the fact that those words really don't even mean the same thing today that they meant back then to us? But back then they hurt us. And because we were hurt, we won't go back and fix that broken relationship. Now I want to say this to you. How many of you have ever said something to someone else that has broken their heart? Yeah, <laughs> We do it all the time. We do it all the time. And sometimes it's not even what we say by the things that we say, because we could have been speaking truth in love. But it's how we said it that was wrong or the time and the setting in which we chose to do it. Maybe we chose to do it in a group of other people when we should have had that conversation privately. These things that overflow out of our hearts, they leave an impact or an impression on other people. And we have to realize that what we say has meaning because that makes a difference. And because it makes a difference, it reveals who we are or who who we are as a, as a being and, and what's inside of us. Because why? It's coming from our heart. If it's coming from our heart and our heart's supposed to be in a direct relationship with God, and so many times then in that case, especially in our faith, we're speaking a representation of God to someone else. Oh my goodness. 
Have you ever thought about it that way? Have you ever thought about the fact that your words that come out towards someone else can affect their relationship with God? Because our heart is being revealed and we're a representative of God here on this earth. I really try to think of my life that way. When I go out in public and my lunch is bad or something has been wrong, I don't pitch a fit. And I don't pitch a fit, because, not because I'm upset that my steak's not cooked the way that I wanted it cooked or something is wrong has been done to me. I don't pitch a fit because I may not be pitching a fit to the right person because they, the, they didn't have a part in that. Or what is that going to be in representation of Christ to everyone else? As I leave the parking lot and it says, love Jesus on the back of my car, and I've just made a scene where I was. See, we have to think about these things. That impression lets people go, mm-hmm, that's what Jesus people are all about. They're supposed to be a Christian. Not supposed to act that way. They're not supposed to say those things. And look, I understand this. I understand that every single one of us has moments. All right? And I'm not trying to tell you that we don't or that I don't. I'm just trying to tell you that when we think about these things or when our mouth starts to speak, maybe we should stop and close it up and start to think about how that affects someone else, first and foremost. So we have the source of words, which is our heart. The source of words, it comes from deep, deep down in our hearts. The second thing I want you to see is the meaning of these words. I've already spoken to the fact that words have meanings, so there's an explanation to this that we need to see. Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37 says this, continuation from verse 34, which we've already seen. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for it on the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Oh, snap, that changes the whole thing, doesn't it? So if we actually thought about the fact that our life can be justified by the words that we say or our life can be condemned by the words that we say because the mouth is speaking out of the source, the overflow from our heart, now that expression that comes out of us, the meaning of it, leaves that impression and holds us accountable. We're held accountable for that, for the things that we say. So every time that we go and we think, I'm just going to go tell that person and give them a piece of my mind. Maybe we should start to think about what we're really giving them. And what we're really doing to ourselves. Because every time that we feel like that we need to go express ourselves to somebody else, it leaves an impression back on us. And not only does it leave an impression back on us, but it could lead to our own accountability. For, well, it does lead to our own accountability for that. <clears throat> I had a seminary professor one time tell me a story about someone in his church that came at him about something. And the person came at him about something. And then instead of doing what Scripture tells him to do, he went straight back at that person and it became, um, you know, this word thing going back and forth. 
Come to find out throughout the whole entire process, he was right. He was right. But the way about which he went about doing it and everything left a bad taste. And he, met, he told me this, and I actually mentioned it on Wednesday night. I think it was either this past Wednesday or a week or so ago. He said this, everybody that gets in the pen with the pig gets muddy. And I've always tried to remember that. Meaning this, I can be right. But if someone's acting like a pig and I decide to get in the pen with them, I'm going to come out dirty. And there needs to be times where we listen and don't speak, which is what James tells us. And so as we go through this whole thinking of how God is, is seen in the world, viewed in the world, through our lives, maybe we should think more about what we say and how we say it. Not only because of what it's going to, but because of the accountability back to us. James chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, here it is. See also, so also the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it boasts great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. The tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. <laughs> Come on, James, tell us how you feel. He's saying this little thing right here, my tongue, can defile my whole body. It can condemn me. By my words, I will be justified. By my words, I can be condemned. I think of all the men who, and women who've walked the earth who've said, there is no God, there is no such thing. Those words, they will be held accountable for that. I can think of all the people who've said uh, over the course of their lives that, that this person's going to go to hell and that person's going to go to heaven. Well, we'll learn about this a little bit more in the next few weeks, but that's a judgment call on our part. We're not for sure either way. God's the judge. We don't get to make that call. There's a lot of us who've made right and wrong calls based on what we thought. And in some cases, we thought what we made was the right call, but come to find out it was the wrong call. And we have to live with that. How many politicians' words come back to haunt them? Happens all the time. Our words have meaning. And so when we speak the truth, we need to know that we are speaking the truth. So, as Jesus tells this group of people that are gathered together not to make vows and not all of this and not all that, which we'll go into uh, into, into detail more in just a second. He's talking about us speaking for God. God speaks for himself. So as we are a mouthpiece in this world of what God's word says, we need to be thinking about every single bit of this all the time. On 24-7, 365, and in a leap year, you get an extra time to go on ahead and be on as well. No days off from this. 
It is a constant for us. Because our lives are effectual. Our lives are effectual in and around everyday life, those who we come in contact, but more importantly, for the kingdom of God. And so as we think about this for a second, and God's telling us, and Christ is telling us through this passage, don't make promises. Now look, I'm going to use something that my dad used to tell me. And it's, it's got a little slang in it, all right? But I'm just going to give it to you, all right? Your mouth is writing checks. Your butt can't cash. <laughs> you ever heard that? You need me to repeat that for you? Your mouth is writing checks your butt can't cash. So when we think about this, I want you to think about life in that way. The stuff that I'm saying, I'm saying, if I'm a pastor up here and I'm adding to the Word of God because I think it goes this way, and I'm wrong, I'm held accountable for that. My mouth is writing checks that I cannot cash. That's what this passage is saying. My job is not to make promises to you. And people say this all the time. I promise you that person's in heaven. I promise you that's the right thing. That's what God wants you to do. I promise you this. How many times have you as a parent made a promise to your children that they've come back on your own. Even in a small age, Daddy, you promised me that when we get a toy, if I would be nice, we ain't getting a toy today. We broke a what? Promise. That's a vow. That's what he's talking about here. So when we speak these words, we need to understand what we're speaking. And it's very important for us because if God is calling us to go above and beyond in this world and this passage is telling us to go above and beyond in our communication, how are we going to do that? The above part is simply this. You and I need to be above and then reproach. These two words are used together all the time in Scripture. So if God is calling us to live above all this, then we've got to be above reproach. Philippians 2.14 says this, that we should do all things without grumbling or disputing. It's not our job to be the instigator. Now look, I'm a sarcastic little fella. Yeah, yeah, I know, it's hard to believe. And so a lot of times I get accused of stirring the pot. Have you ever been called that? Oh, you're just a pot stirrer. You're just trying to start something there. I'm doing it all in fun and jest thinking, but... Today, I thought I was going to get in a counseling session in Sunday school with, with a couple of folks, and all I did was ask a simple question. But I was stirring. All right? So, guys, we got to understand that sometimes, even if we're doing it in fun and jest, our job is to live above reproach. We're to do it all without grumbling, and we're to do it all without disputing. Our job is to keep it together, not to rip it apart. All right? And then in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, it says this. Not only do we do all things without grumbling and disputing so that you will prove yourself to be blameless and innocent, children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you will appear as lights in the world, holding fast as the word of life, 
so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. Paul is constant about this. Look, he has had stones thrown at him. He has been chased out of town. He has been beaten. He has been imprisoned. And he's worried about the imprint that he leaves on other people's life through his words and his actions. That's amazing to me. Totally amazing. That he would be worried about how his words are going to affect somebody else's life or his life is going to affect somebody else's life when everybody's treated him so badly. But he's thinking this way. This is when we have grown up. When we start to think this way, this is when we have grown up in our faith. When we start thinking about on everyday life and in everyday possibilities, how our life affects somebody else. The world does not care. The world does not give a rip. Just drive down the road in a two-lane highway. See how many people give you the finger? How many people cut you off? How many people think bad? You know, blow horns, all this stuff. Our driving is a picture of that. Think about when you go into a store and see how someone berates someone else. Think about in your office when someone does something wrong, how they're demeaned by someone else. We don't think about anybody else. We just think about ourselves. It's a number one uno. That's the world's way. So when you start to see people putting others first, when you start to see people speaking words that build up others and looking and longing to leave a legacy different than their bank account or how much property they have or how, you know, what position or title they hold in an office or in the world, then we'll begin to see what the true meaning of all of this is. We'll begin to see the true effects of it. So our job is to live above reproach, to stand out above everyone else. To go beyond this is to have integrity with God's words. These are his promises. These are not my promises. Look, the, God's word talks about a lot of tough stuff. And in today's society, I'm looked at as a person of hatred or bigotry and all these type of things the world can hurl at me. Now, I can either do one of two things with that. I need to either back up the bus and compromise what God's word says by trying to make some kind of meaning out of it myself. I'm going to be held accountable for that. This passage right here says that if I try to say something other than what God says, I'm going to stand out there all by myself on that and be held accountable for that. I'm not doing that. If someone says this about me, then I'm going to say, that's what God's word says. That's what I believe. Our world has no moral compass. Our world has no integrity. Our world has none of the things that Scripture is trying to teach us to have. All of that will come at us with a cost. We're not going to be the favorite people. We're not going to be most popular. That's not my job to win a popularity contest. My job is to be where God's called me to be, doing what God has called me to do at that moment. And then when he moves me somewhere else, I go and do that again. And do it all over. But one day I want to stand before God, not you, and say and find that I have been accountable to him and his word. 
Not for me to make you feel better and say, well, this person's in heaven even though they live like this. Or this person chose to live like this and scripture says this about that type of person. It's not my job to condemn that person. But it's my job to tell you this is what God's word says. There's a thing called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit passes the judgment. The Holy Spirit reaches people's hearts and draws them unto salvation. My job is to speak truth in love. And if we all live like that, and if we all started speaking like that, oh, the tone and the tenor of the world would change. It would change. But we think when they ratcheted it up at us, we got to ratchet it up right back. When you parent, you parent child children differently. Have you ever noticed that? You, really, you, know, you know you do that, right, for each, each one of them a, a little bit. You're trying to be the same. Um, my, our, my oldest daughter, when she would speak back to me, I'd just kind of raise my voice, you know, and when I raised my voice, she would back down. This one right here, <laughs> when I raised my voice at two years of age, she went, what you talking about, daddy? And she got higher. And we, next thing I know, I'm going, I am yelling at my two-year-old. This is not working. The ones over here in the corner going, man, you're going to get it. And this one over here is just like, I can be louder than you. It didn't work. It didn't work. And so we think that just because it worked one time one way, it's going to work that same way all the time. It doesn't happen that way. And so just as we can stand up to someone in, out in culture and say, hey, this is what God's word says, and they go, okay, we're going to meet somebody who's just going to ratchet it up one notch higher and just try to get louder and more contentious with it. This is telling us it's not, that's not our responsibility. Let our yes be yes, and let our no be no. And leave the rest up to God. And he'll deal with it. It's not my job to exact revenge. It's not my job to always win. My job is to do what God's word calls me to do. And be okay with that. And if every single one of us will just go out and do what God has called us to do and be okay with that, we, we could turn the tide. I really do believe it. The world has to see it. And if the world sees the same thing from us as it sees in itself, there's going to be no change or transformation. If you can walk into church every Sunday morning and walk out the same person as when you walked in, then we are not getting the job done as the body of Christ. 
and the pastor's not getting the job done, speaking the word. I'm not here to make you feel miserable every time you walk out. But I'm not here to tell you everything's all right and it's all sunshine and roses. I'm here to tell you what God tells us. And sometimes that's hard. And sometimes it's wondrous when we can read about certain passages and see things. Other times it's talking about deep issues and sin, deep, dark stuff that we don't even want to talk about. But the only way we fix all that, the only way we grow from all that, the only way we transform is to know what he says and then to go and do it. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you again for who you are. Thank you for your word. I thank you for what this passage tells us and teaches us about words and about communication and about what we should be speaking and, and, and who we should be standing up for. And Father, our job is not to justify ourselves. Our job is to speak truth in love. To tell others what you have told us. To teach others what you have taught us. Not to add to your word or to take out a part because we don't like what it says. But Father, to live that word. Holy and fully in devotion to you. Father, I pray right now, wherever we are, I know that the, every person in this room, including myself, has broken and crossed the line at this point. We have said things in our lives to other people that have been harmful and hurtful. And Father, there may be some that we need to go back and repair that relationship with just by saying we're sorry and we were wrong, or even if they were wrong. Just say, I'm past it. I'm over it. I forgive it. I'm done with it. all so that we can grow in our relationship with you. And Father, in all these situations and circumstances that are going on right now out in our culture that, that deal with us and how we're perceived, and Lord, you have a purpose for all things. And I don't know what you're doing right now. You could be shearing your sheep Father, you could be preparing us for a new transformation that's coming in our culture where we've gone from being people of God that freely could do everything that we ever wanted to do to, to those who are persecuted. Father, you could be getting ready to do a mass, mass movement and revela revelation um, of, of, your, of yourself in this country. Or just help us to see it. So then we can be it. Lord, I pray that we're just not missing it right now. Have mercy on us. Forgive us of our failures. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to stand together and we're going to sing. This is a time of decision. It's an invitation. It's an invitation time for you to move. A lot of people think all the time that means that someone, the only time that someone moves is to come down forward and to join a church or to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. A lot of times it's for us just to move. And what I mean by that is some of you just need to stop what you're doing and pray. 
because you know that God has spoken to your heart today and you just need to do business with him. Some of us, it may mean that God's called us to come up here and get on our knees in this altar right here and just pray to him that way. Or maybe it's for someone else that we're supposed to be praying for. Maybe there's someone that um, in your life that's hurt you. I don't know how that is. Our job is just to move at this point, all right? But if we come in here and we're stoic and we say, ah, that message wasn't for me or about me, and we just walk out, then we've missed it. We've totally missed it. So let's stand together. You move as God calls you to move, and then...